welcome to the Spiritual and Empowerment Living with Tia podcast, a sacred place and resource for spiritually centered women who want to go from the mundane to the magical life for overcoming fear and doubt, reconnecting with the goddess, understanding messages from spirit, and uncovering your spiritual gifts so you can finally live the life you deserve. Hello and welcome back to another episode. Um, This is going to be fun. And I say that because for February, it's considered the month of love. And I recently found that out. I've known February to be, when I was a young kid, a very cold month that no one really cares about. Let's move on to, oh, Valentine's Day to, oh, Black History Month. And now to, oh, okay, we can focus on love. I think we can focus on love 365 and, you know, 24-7, including leap years, all that jazz. Excuse me. Nevertheless, here we are. And we're going to dive into love and romance and sex throughout this month. So I have some amazing guests coming on the show to talk about some ancient uh, love practices, uh, rituals. It's going to be fun. So I'm excited for these guests. So you just got to hang tight. You got to hear me for one more episode (laughs) before we dive into some of the good stuff. (laughs) Well, it's all good stuff, but you know, a little bit more of the juicier good stuff. Before I dive into love goddesses, I want to give you an update. Make sure that you visit the blog, blog at tiamariejohnson.com. Today's blog post is uh, the crown chakra of the chakra series. There's one more chakra blog post coming out on Monday, and we will have wrapped it up for now. There's so many more chakras I could get into. But I'm going to stop it (laughs) on Monday, and then we're moving on to protection magic, okay? Excuse me. The protection magic uh, post will be a series. It's shorter than the chakra series, okay? So I'm very excited. You're going to learn different forms of protection magic, which is very important, uh, especially when we have to... excuse me, deal with people at work, just deal with people in general. (laughs) Let's face it, people in general. And I know you know what I'm talking about. So learning uh, protection magic is helpful on many levels. Some people don't like looking at protection magic or hexes. And I talked about that in my episode with Alexis, also known as uh, uh, the Witch of LA, Glamour Witch LA on Instagram. So you can scroll back and check that out. It was a great interview. Um, One of the most listened to interviews last year. I'll I'll actually give you the... um, episode number so you don't have to spend so much time scrolling down because I'm a nice person. (laughs) So that was episode eight, excuse me, 284, Hexing and Other Misconceptions with 
the Glamour Witch, Alexis Jackson. Mercury Retrograde ends on the 21st of, of this month, okay? So just be a little more cautious when you when you communicate with people, among other things. All right, let's get to it. Love goddesses, how they can help you, how we can work with them. I think it's important because we are already tapped into this energy. I know some people look at certain uh, holidays and just events overall and can easily say that it's commercialized or was overhyped. But if you listen to my previous episode, Bridget's Day in Embolk, you would know the origins of Valentine's Day and really how it transpired over the years. And at the end of the day, it's really what you make it. As I said at the top of this episode, every day is a love day, right? When we can make it a love day, you know, every day isn't roses and, you know, (laughs) rainbows. I wish it was. That'd be pretty cool. We all have our days, but you know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> don't look at it as, oh, this is a commercialized thing for me to do this and that. You're missing the point. Again, that's that's their lane. That's the business lane. That's people who want to do that. That's their lane. Okay. Now, if you're someone who's like, I believe we don't we don't need a holiday to express our love. That's amazing. That's awesome. Kudos to you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> All right. So that's one reason is because we're already tapped into a lot of this energy, whether or not we want to admit it. I knew this is back when I was in high school. One girl was bitter about Valentine's Day. And I just asked her, I just said, is it because you don't have a boyfriend? And I didn't mean that in a bad way. I, I'm just someone who likes to get to the bottom of things. Like, like, what's the real issue? Even when I had several talks over the years with Uber drivers during the holiday season, they would say things like, oh, it's commercialized. Oh, I don't buy into that. And I would say, well, you know, it is what you make it. And then they go, well, that's true. And, and one guy actually, he stopped celebrating Christmas after his wife died. She was the 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 matriarch of the family. She decorated like it was her thing and he enjoyed it. And Christmas reminded him of her. And so he just stopped celebrating. I totally get it. But he projected that as Christmas being other than, you know, something that can be special and, you know, really like a nice sacred time. And I, I get it because it was vulnerable. It, it, it was him showing his vulnerability to say, you know, well, actually, my wife died and um, Christmas was her thing. It was our thing. And since she died, I didn't want to do, you know, that takes a lot for someone to say that. And, and I acknowledge that. So when I asked the girl that, you know, it was because she didn't have a boyfriend. And and I, I want to change that in society. We shouldn't feel a certain way, a bad way also, because we don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you know, whatever a person or however a person identifies themselves. Um, and if we are involved, sometimes our partner is not romantic or they don't buy into that and the other person does. And it's like, well, 
I like it. Can I get a gift or, you know, something or spend some time together? So, you know, it it's it goes both ways. I, I get it. So in addition to already being really tapped into it, whether we acknowledge it or not, uh, there's something to be said about expressing love, acknowledging love, self-love. You know, there's, there's multiple forms of love, platonic love, romantic love. I'm sure there's other loves that I can't even think of right now. So let's tap into that. One thing that came to mind earlier today was that there are no rules. It's weird. It's like, yeah, there are rules, such as don't steal from other people. You know, if you get caught or found out that you stole from, you know, your neighbor, and if they press charges, you're you're probably going to jail. You know, um, don't kill people. (laughs) You know, um, Maybe if it's for self-defense reasons, you can justify it. But, you know, don't rob and kill someone or whatever. So, yeah, I get those rules. Makes sense. You know, it keeps things in order. It provides a certain level of decorum in society. While some people don't need it because they're just like, yeah, I'm, I, know, I, don't, I don't still. That's not my thing, you know. Other people don't have a moral compass, you know. And, and then... It's a spectrum, right? It could be that someone is homeless, that they lost their job and they need to eat, you know, and they need the food. I totally get that. You know, that's why we have to look at things with a a case-by-case basis lens, right? Understand it. But we, we do have rules to keep, like I said, a certain level of decorum in society. But then I thought about, like, I, I thought about things I want to do in my life, things people want to do in their life. And there really are no rules when it comes to that. What, what you want to do in life is really up to you. How we go about that is up to you. There's so many ways to do things. And we look at different cultures like, oh, that's what they eat for breakfast. Well, here, this is what we eat for breakfast. Well, it's kind of an unwritten rule that this is what's breakfast in the U.S. versus breakfast in France or the U.K., right? It's like, oh, that's how they do it there. It opens your mind to the possibilities is what I'm saying. There's no rule for breakfast. It's just, a, you know, over the years, people were able to say, you know what? These groups of food make good breakfast food for X reason or whatever the case may be, but it's not... you. Nothing's going to happen to you if you don't eat eggs in the morning, you know, if you, if you decide to eat soup instead, right? So what I'm saying here is let's take the time to look inward and ask ourselves, how do we define love? What did that look like for us? What does that feel like for us? Really dive into the senses, right? What do I hear about love? What does that taste like? Is it candy? Is it chocolate? You know, what is that? What does it smell like? Is it cinnamon? Because that's an aphrodisiac. You know, is, is it cinnamon? Is it my favorite vanilla flavor? What is it? What is love? Okay, what does that look, see, feel, taste like? What does that sound like? Is it, you know, your lover saying your name? Is it your kids calling you mommy? You know, is it your friend calling you by your nickname? What's, how do you define love? What does that look like? 
we always have to start inward. And I, I teach that, I talk about it, especially before we start dealing with goddesses or other spiritual beings, before we decide to do any kind of magical work, we had to do a, a, a test on ourselves, check our, our uh, thermometer, where are we at, all right? Um, and that require, requires a little bit of shadow work, you know, um, to to look at, have we denied ourselves love in the past? And if we did, why? Um, if we've been unfortunate in the love department, why? Okay. And maybe everything's been okay. It, everything has had to be this bad, horrible story where someone overcame something. And I don't mean that in in a in a bad way because some people do have really bad, it's like, wow, that shouldn't happen to anybody's story. Okay. And then there are other times where people dated a few times, nothing really came out of it. And, you know, it's not really a bad story. It's just meh. Cough, cough. That's me. Cough, cough. <laughs> so, you know, there are times where nothing bad happens. It's just hmm, nothing spectacular happened, you know. So start looking inward. Start doing some shadow work. Start understanding love on your terms. Not how someone else wants to define it for you because your love will look different than someone else's love. Okay? Your love may be you with your husband and your children, and that's perfect. Or it could be you and two other partners, and you guys work well together. I I read several articles about a woman who has two boyfriends and it works for them. That's their lifestyle. I'm not here to judge. That's what works for you. I'm not going to tell you that <clears throat> you need to be in a monogamous relationship and you know how dare you. That's what works for you. That has that has no bearing on my life. Or maybe love for you is your dog. You're not interested in dating. You're cool. You like being by yourself. I also know people who are just like, I'm good. I'm happy with my cat, my dog. I travel. You know, I I get to do what I want to do. And the list goes on and on. This is why I stress this to people. What works for you? How do you define it? Because if you don't start defining stuff for yourself, you're going to take someone else's definition. And it may not be the best definition for you. So just be true to yourself. And I'm telling you, as the saying goes, there's a lid for every pot. You know, you're going to find your match. Okay. But the work, the background work needs to be done. So that's what needs to be said before we start diving into this. So I'm going to give you a list of goddesses you you can connect with across different uh, civilizations. Okay. And I know some questions come up such as, well, can I work with this goddess if that's not part of my heritage? Yes. Okay. I work with many goddesses across different pantheons and really is about doing your research. Okay, so imagine if you really want to be friends with someone, right? And let's say they're a little bit of a celeb, okay? Um, You guys have all the same interests, but you really want a genuine friendship with them. You feel like this person from what you have seen is a pretty cool person to hang out with. 
So what is the thing you're probably going to do? You're going to do some research on that person, right? You want to connect with them. You want to have some common ground. I'm not saying be a, a crazy stalker, but if you are attracted to someone, and I'm just saying that like as a friendship, like, hey, like we have some commonality, it seems, you know, you're going to do a little bit more research. Like, oh, okay, they they are, um, I don't know, they, they also grew up in my hometown or something like that. Like, you know, some basic stuff you can find that you would bring up, you know, and, and it's easy. You know, I, I said it many times, I'm located in Philly and I had people reach out to me. Hey, I grew up in Philly, you know, or hey, like, I would love to be on your podcast, you know, because, you know, you said this, blah, blah, blah. I'm also from Philly. That's cool. Like, oh, gosh, we found a common ground. They did a little bit of their homework. They listened to a couple of episodes or they saw something where I posted it somewhere. And now we got that that uh that point of reference. Or uh three years ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, people said, Hey, congratulations on that. And you know, and, and then we started talking about business. So I like that. And that's how it is with goddesses and any spiritual being in particular you want to contact do the research don't skip out on the research because when you do this this is how you know who you're connecting with right so i'm going to give you names of goddesses and i'm going to talk about briefly who they are so you can connect with them and then you can do a google search you know i'm always encouraging you to do extra uh, you know, work, a little homework, but it's fun. It's part it's part of the, the craft and the journey is to discover and, and read more and go down that rabbit hole. That's the best way for you to figure out what truly works for you. All right. And then we'll talk about how they can help and, and how we can work with them. I discussed in previous episodes how we can work with goddesses and um, in a safe space. And that's also where the uh, protection magic blocks will help too because I actually talk about how we can create a safe space to work with spiritual beings. All right, so I am on my favorite website uh, for for these uh, researches, uh, Learn Religions. Um, I was going to bring out one of my many books on goddesses (laughs) that provided a list, but I thought, you know what? Let me go to the website that's been giving me great information that I really enjoy. So this article is by Patty Wigginton, 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 hopefully I pronounced that right. And again, Learn Religions website. Now this is for deities of love and marriage, but of course, if marriage isn't for you, that's okay. I also have another list. Uh, Scrolling back up here. Uh, Ancient Goddesses of Love and Fertility. And of course, again, the fertility part, if you don't want kids, that's okay. You can also think about giving birth to ideas, um, business goals, things like that. So there are many ways to look at fertility. I I like to, you know, acknowledge that not every woman wants to get married or have kids. All right. So I read these articles ahead of time and I thought they were pretty good. And um, she also has a few male deities in here that you can connect with that I thought was really cool too. I see so many goddesses of love, especially Aphrodite. She's the most referenced one, of course, but you know, there are others and I like that there's the male aspect there. So let's dive into this. 
Aphrodite was a Greek goddess of love and sexuality, a job she took very seriously. Okay, she was married to uh, Hepatistos. Again, I apologize for butchering these names. Sometimes I can practice them. Other times it's, it catches me off guard. Uh, but again, learnreligions.com. Uh, but she also had a multitude of lovers, okay? And one of her favorite was the warrior god Ares. All right, and then it goes and talk about her festival appropriately called Aphrodisiac. Oh my gosh, I did not put that together. Stop, look at what we just learned. Well, it's called Learn Religions. Okay, a festival was held regularly to honor Aphrodite appropriately named the aphrodisiac so aphrodisiac stems from aphrodite okay so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to press pause real quick and i'm going to do a little background check on the word aphrodisiac because it's literally spelled like aphrodite but they dropped the te and added zach so hang tight i'll be right back i'm going to do this research for you guys Okay, I feel like this is a trivia question. So the great thing about learning the history of words, events, holidays is that one is great to know the history. Okay, let's like it's we need to know the history. Two, it is an eye opener because so much plays into our common lexicon that we don't realize it. Um, but it is important because it's easy to forget. It's easy to just, I don't want to say take it for granted because it's not so much we take it words for granted, but it's easy not to see the correlation and become even further disconnected from the old ways. Not saying every single old way is the best way. <laughs> you know, some things it's like, okay, we don't need to be sacrificing people and doing all that nasty stuff, but we could take some of the other historical things and apply it to some modern day ways. So anyway, let's check this out. Oh, and then it's a trivia question. That That's the third point I wanted to make. You never know. Um, see, I'm big on trivia. I love it. Like I told you before in previous episodes, I used to go to trivia with my friends every Thursday, and we used to win practically every time um, to the point where some of the other teams got jealous. And uh, okay, so quick story. I don't think I told this part. Actually, I didn't. So and one of the, the most recent of the previous episodes, I mentioned that we won so many times, we should get gift certificates. And so the time, one of the, the last times we went, I took home the gallon of beer, like this in this, it was, it was like a big jug of beer and they made it at the brewery, which also hosted the game, the, the trivia nights. So that's how many times he went like, Tia, you take this home this time. Cool. It's my turn, my turn to take home the beer. But what happened was the next time we went, some of the other groups complained that we were cheating because there was a lot of people at our table. Okay, well, from what I can recall, I don't think there was a group limit. Maybe it was five or six people, five or six coming to my mind. So maybe it's five or six, but not everyone at our table participated. Some people didn't care. They, they just wanted to hang out with us, eat the wings, drink the beer. So it really wasn't that many people active at our table. So let's say we had about maybe any given night, we'll have about maybe 10 to 12 people, maybe, maybe a little bit less, maybe I'm overcounting, maybe like 
nine people, maybe. But yeah, so, but we had some really good people on our team that just knew their stuff. Like me and like me and about four other people really were really good at it. And we didn't check our phones. There was no cheating, but other groups saw, thought, thought that we were. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you thought that we were cheating, you were, you had to look at us, right? And you have seen that there are people who had, you know, wing sauce on their fingers, you know, like you have to write down on a piece of paper, your answers. So if you just, you, you thought enough or supposedly knew enough to think that we were cheating, but you couldn't tell that there was really only a couple people with their heads down and discussing, whispering, like we're in a secret coven and, you know, writing stuff down on a sheet of paper. You, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't see, see that. You didn't see like a person with a pen in their hand and just a couple of people huddled together. You didn't see that. So anyway, the next time we went, um, the host came to us and said, hey, guys, you know, people are saying blah, blah, blah. You can tell he didn't really care that much that it was all baloney, but whatever. He got to do his job. So all we did was separated the tables and we still won. It's like one time we didn't win, but whatever. That's a little sidebar there. So anyway, <laughs> back on track or rewind. <laughs> I'm like bringing it back. Here's aphrodisiac. The name comes from Greek Aphrodisiacon. Aphrodisiacon. I don't know. I'm going to stop butchering it. Um, also, or it has IE, their sexual aphrodisiac from aphrodisios pertaining to Aphrodite, the Greek gods of love. Through human history, food, drinks, and behaviors have made a reputation. So, yeah, aphrodisiac literally comes from the goddess Aphrodite. So the next time some muggle comes to you to tell you about your evil ways and dealing with the devil, just say the next time you eat cinnamon, know that that's an aphrodisiac and know that it came from goddess Aphrodite and you can thank her. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying among other things you could tell them but we're not going to go there in this episode because I have other episodes to address people like that so so there was a festival that was regularly held to honor Aphrodite appropriately called Aphrodisiac can you have a love festival over the weekend and name it Aphrodisiac you most certainly can go get your mate or mates and well, you guys are probably in the same home because we're in a pandemic and, you know, so <laughs> put your mask on, go to Party City, go get some balloons and stuff, go get the lights that turn to different colors, the red and the blues and have an aphrodisiac, your festival, your love festival. Okay. So it states here that uh, people in her temple pay tribute to her by having rambunctious sex with her priestesses also. Those temples were sacred. So it was sacred sex. Um, Not putting on this like pedestal, but that's what it was. And of course, they got demonized over the years. Again, that's a completely separate episode but just know that there were temples and there were the sex priestesses there and it was a way of 
helping the people. It, it was a lot that was involved in those temples, but it was held as a sacred practice. And of course, like I said, things where women take the charge, get demonized over the years and they get called names and things like that. But yeah, there were sacred temples, which is pretty cool when you read about it. Okay, so, uh, and of course, but destroyed, stays here by the Romans. Okay, so that's enough of that. You can connect with goddess Aphrodite. Now, I know in a lot of uh, ways she gets depicted as very, like, elegant and nice, but don't get it twisted. She um, is direct. She's a little mischievous, likes to have a little fun. I mean, come on, she has multiple lovers. So she likes to have a little fun. Uh, So if you want to connect with her, just be ready. Like with any of these deities, don't think of them as humans. Like I know we see them look as humans, but they can be shapeshifters, you know, change their hair color, whatever. So what, what you want to do is focus on the vibe, the energy, get to know her symbols. I talk about Aphrodite in my, um, do I talk about her in my first book? No, there there are 13 goddesses in there and I am trying to remember at this moment. I'm drawing a blank. I would have to double check that for you. But uh, again, focus on the symbols. Okay. Aphrodite is in my first book, To Be Goddess. All right. So I have here, Grecian goddess of beauty, love, and pleasure. We talked about that earlier. Some of her symbols include the ocean, seashells, golden apples, the mirror, triangle, dolphin, dove, and swan. So if you start seeing more of those symbols animals and so forth know that goddess aphrodite is looking to connect with you okay let's move along now of course we have cupid and it states here in ancient rome cupid was the incarnation of eros the god of lust and lust and desire all right and of course over the years you know like things happen they uh become different things and society. So it states here, he typically is seen on Valentine's Day cards and decorations and is invoked as a god of pure love and innocence, a far cry from his original form. Again, just focus on going back and doing a little more research. So it states here, Eros, although not specifically a god of love, Eros is often evoked as the god of lust, lust and passion. This son of Aphrodite was a Greek god of lust and primal sexual desire. In fact, the word erotic comes from his name. Oh, my gosh. There's another trivia question. Okay, so the word erotic comes from the god Eros. Write this down. Right, I'm telling you guys, it's going to pop up. It's going to happen. I feel it. I love, love this. Oh, my gosh. I had... I had AP, was it literature in high school? And part of it was studying the origin of words. And I was in heaven. I couldn't believe it. I'm such a nerd for this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. So anyway, it states here, he is typically shown blindfolded because after all, love is blind and carrying a bow, which he shots arrows at his intended targets. 
love is blind. I I like that, but also not so much. I think part of falling in love or, or just loving something is because you see, experience, you know, something about them that makes you love them even more. You know, I get what it's saying, but you could take the blindfold off, but I get it. All right. Okay, let's see here. His person, he is personified in all kinds of love and lust, heterosexual and homosexual, and was worshipped at the center of a fertility cult that honored both Eros and Aphrodite together. Okay, and then over time, he evolved into Cupid. So you can just connect with Eros and get uh, erotic. (laughs) Cool. All right, moving along. Frigga. F-R-I-G-G-A. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, she was the wife of, or yeah, the wife of Odin. Uh, it's considered a goddess of fertility and marriage within the Norse pantheon. Uh, she is the one besides Odin who is allowed to sit on his throne, or the only one, excuse me, to sit on his throne. And she is known as the queen of heaven. And it states here that many pagans honor her as a goddess of both marriage and prophecy. Hathor, Egyptian. She is the wife of sun god Ra. Hathor is known in the Egyptian legend as the patroness of wives. In most classical depictions, she is portrayed either as a cow goddess or with a cow nearby. It is her role as a mother that is most often seen. Okay, and then later she was associated with fertility, love, and passion. Hera. Now, she gets a bad rap. Hera was the Greek goddess of marriage. And as the wife of Zeus, Hera was the queen of all wives. Uh, Although uh, she fell in love with Zeus, um, he he wasn't, of course, faithful to her. And it says she centered around the hearth and home and focused on family and relationships. Uh, Hera played a crucial role in the story of the Trojan War. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. All right, and then it just talks more about um, how she was slighted by the Trojan Prince Paris. But nothing that has to do with what we're talking about, but you get it. All right, Parvati, Hindu. Again, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right. She was the consort of the Hindu god Shiva, and is known as the goddess of love and devotion. She is one of many forms of Shakti, the all-powerful female force in the universe. Her union with Shiva taught him to embrace pleasure, and so in addition to be uh, being a destroyer god, Shiva is also a patron of the arts and dance. Parvati is an example of female entity who has a profound effect on the male in her life for without her Shiva would not have completed would not be complete so this is also another thing I want to talk about devotion Uh, again think about what that means for you everything that falls under love think about what that means for you and to have that all-powerful female force oh my gosh to tap into that unstoppable So think about that as you are listening to what I'm reading and see what vibes with you, okay? 
And of course, uh, you know, there's Venus, also known as Aphrodite here. Uh, let me see. Oh, so I can actually do want to mention this one. So Vesta, and this is the Roman goddess. And it has it that she's the goddess of virginity. Virginity does not mean not having or never have had sex. It That's a word that got redefined over the years. But in ancient times, it really was in relation to newness, okay, uh, being like innocent and pure, you know, but not in a sense of never having sex, just in a sense of, you know, you're just new to something. You know, you have that innocence to you. Like when you see a puppy, it's pure, it's innocent, it's whole, it's a puppy, right? To say a puppy is innocent, oh, like that's so pure because it's just so innocent, okay? It's not pure in a sense of that is a pure bread rock welder you know like no, no 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 it's like it's a puppy like look how innocent it is it hasn't been you know harmed okay so again when you read about these goddesses and see virginity it's not the modern definition for example another one was athena and she was a virgin does not mean the same okay that's something that some uh, messed up guys decided to put on women. All right. All right. So she was honored by Roman women along with Juno. Vesta status uh, represented purity. There you go. In honor of Roman women at their time in marriage. So it was important to keep her in high regard. Okay. Um, and she is the, the earth and uh, part of being domestic, the internal flame uh, that burns in the village uh, resulted in her festival Vestella, which is celebrated each year in June. So when you want to focus more on your home, the love for your home, the love for that that sacred space, the warmth you feel, making your home a sanctuary, making the place that you love to come to, to be in, to, you know, live in, connect with Vesta. Actually, a lady who is in my cohort of the mastermind I'm in, she just renamed, oh, I'm sorry, no, she named it Hestia, I think, or maybe it wasn't, but it was one of the goddesses that had to do with the home and, and the hearth. Okay, so <clears throat> we're done that list for, for love and marriage. So I wanted to to break this up before I talk about um, the other more goddesses of love and fertility and, and talk about a little bit more how you can work with them. So I talked about uh, how they can help. Okay, they can help us with um, expressing our love, like Aphrodite with her aphrodisiac, that's her festival, Eros, to learn how to be, you know, experience, uh, you know, get in that erotic zone. So, just looking at at my notes here, um, there are so many ways goddesses and the gods can help us and we really set the tone so why i talked about aphrodisiac erotic um you know the home the hearth fertility all that it's whatever the tone is for you okay so just keep that in mind so when you 
get ready to work with them, which is what we're diving into right now, work with them, think about what you want, okay? Because you don't really get to tell them how to do something, right? It's you creating a space where you connect with them and you put in a request. Basically, you're asking for help. Like, hey, can you help me with this? Like, I desire X, Y, Z. So to work with them, you can make this as simple or as intricate as you like. So you can do things like cast a circle and call that goddess or God to the circle. You can have some fruits available. You can create an altar where you have a bowl of fruit. You have a candle. Of course, you got to monitor the candle, maybe some incense, um, maybe a statue of them a crystal, whatever you want on that altar, okay? And you go to that altar, you will pray right there, or you'll take deep breaths, hold your hands over it, okay? You can go outside and meditate outside. You can dance, okay? Move your hips while you're thinking of these goddesses. And as soon as you feel like you're at your all-time high when you're dancing, you know, like we just... You're, you're just dancing like you're three songs in and you're just like, oh, I'm feeling it. This is my song. I know all the words of this song. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, Aphrodite, like I'm really working hard on this and I would love your help in attracting my desires. I'm really working on manifesting and then you list, you know, the person who you want to manifest in your life, please send me guidance, Aphrodite, beautiful goddess of love, goddess of, um, I think like sea foam too, like it, it gets so specific, like goddess of the ocean, um, well not goddess of the ocean, but you know what I mean, she's associated with the ocean, um, so you could just, you know, say stuff like that, beautiful, loving uh, goddess, you know, stuff like that I welcome you into this circle um please uh you know bestow messages upon me or guide me direct me help me step out of my comfort zone whatever it is right and then then you would sit back in the way so even even if you were dancing and you're talking about Aphrodite yes help me bring this man into my life who's emotionally available, financially stable, he's funny. You know, you're dancing and doing all that, right? And then you just let it go. You just breathe it all out. You let it go. And then you wait for visions. You know, you're dancing. You might receive a vision. You might hear something. You might feel something. You know, tap into all that. That's why you you hear me talk about the senses so much because, that's where we feel it. You know, if you're clairsentient, you might feel it in your chest to like, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, I feel like I should be doing this. You're clairaudient, you might hear something like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I should go to that store real quick or I should buy that outfit that's been in my cart for three months because it's sexy and I like it. I was trying to justify the price or just buying it in general, but you know what? God damn it, I'm going to buy it. You know, that's how that works. So that's how you can work with them. Create an altar, cast a circle, work within a circle, dance, make sure you're really moving your hips, you know, dance, dance like no one's watching, dance like you got money on a line, you know, 
okay, um, to work with them. And, and you're, you're basically having a conversation. And again, you can make it as simple or as intricate as you want. So that's kind of a simple thing. I know someone probably like, dancing is not simple for me, Tia. <laughs> when no one's watching, dancing becomes super simple. Um, I'm not even asking you to dance on beat. I'm saying just dance. Just, just move the hips. <laughs> it's like, uh, which one was it? Waterboy is all in the hips. It's all in the hips. <laughs> when Adam Sanders being taught how to play golf, was it Carl uh, Weathers was teaching him like it's all in the hips. Okay. So move the hips. It's nothing else. Move the hips and do a two step. If you can't do that, visualize yourself dancing, move your fingers, you know, do a little sit in your seat and move, you know, but again, you can visualize it because your mind doesn't know the difference. Um, other ways to connect, but not so much having a conversation. So what I mentioned before, the altar, you pray over the altar, conversation, casting a circle, invite them in, conversation, dancing conversation. Other things you can do to work with them is watch documentaries, watch movies about these gods and goddesses. Um, I mean, with Aphrodite, you, that's going to be very easy. People talk about her time and time and time again. Um reading a book about them and connecting that way way where you read something like, oh, you know what? I'm going to buy me a dolphin statue. I actually had a dolphin trinket in the past, which is interesting that I just got reminded of that. And then had like the stars and stuff on the inside and had that liquid that made all the stuff move around back and forth. Where did I get that from? That's a nice little memory that popped up. Um, probably the New Jersey State Aquarium field trip, school field trip. But anyway, you might get that. You might write what you desire in the love department and burn it. Right? Send send it up to Aphrodite or or, uh, Pravati, you know? All right, so let's, let's get back. Now we have ancient goddesses of love and fertility we are still on learn religions website aphrodite popped up again of course ishtar is here when i first came across ishtar and i hope i pronounced it right it's probably ishtar um it, it was it was just such a powerful energy i mean it was just like i am here like i literally heard i am you know so she is a babylonian goddess of love procreation and war she was a daughter and consort of the air god Anu. She was known for destroying her lovers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Including a lion, a stallion, and a shepherd. When the love of her life, the farm god Tazmu, died, she followed him to the underworld, but she was unable to retrieve him. Ishtar was the, the heir to the Sumerian goddess Inanna, but was more promiscuous. She is called the cow of sin. A moon god. She was the wife of a human king, Sargon of a god, a godi. Again, I apologize if I mispronounce the names. I feel like I said it a bajillion times. Okay, and okay, it goes on to talk about other things in our history. Said she is the queen of heaven and associated with the planet Venus. 
Interesting. All right, moving along. So she has a connection with Aphrodite as well. Okay, Inanna. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I felt like I feel like I have heard this. I know I've heard this before because it's in one of the songs that I listen to. All right, so she was the oldest of the love goddesses of the Mesopotamian region. She was the Sumerian goddess of love and war, although she is regarded as a virgin. Remember what I said about that? Inanna is a goddess uh, responsible for is a goddess responsible for sexual love procreation and fertility she gave herself to the first mythological king of summer or i guess it's sumer Dumuzi. all right and she was worshipped from the third millennium and was still worshipped into the sixth as as a goddess driving a seven lion chariot that sounds pretty badass honestly all right so she is there as um, a goddess to help you with sexual love, procreation, and fertility. Okay. It's like Ishtar is there for or to help you with love, procreation, and war. So if you're going to work, you keep her in mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, you never know. All right. The next one we have here, pretty much the same as starting or as start here, a semantic goddess of sexual love, maternity, and fertility, uh, the concert of L. Okay, and it just goes on to talk more about her um, story, which, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. Okay, now we are at Hathor, and she is an Egyptian goddess who sometimes wears a sun disc with horns on her head and sometimes appears a cow, and she can destroy mankind, but is also a patron of lovers and a goddess of childbirth. Hathor nursed the infant Horus when he was being hidden from Seth, so... If you are close to giving um, birth, you might want to connect with her. Isis, an Egyptian goddess of magic, fertility, and motherhood, was the daughter of the god Keb, Earth, and the goddess Nut or Newt, probably, Sky. She was the sister and wife of Osiris. And when her brother Seth killed her husband, we know the story, she searched for his body parts, reassembled it. The only part she couldn't find was his phallus, and she made it out of gold. Um, she was also often depicted with cow, cow horns and a solar dust between them. But she also usually uh, see her with wings, too, from time to time. So you would like to connect with her if you want to uh, deal more with magic, fertility, and motherhood. The magic of motherhood. How about that? <laughs> uh, Freya. She's... Uh, the Norse goddess of love, magic, and divination. So if you want to uh, divinate about your love life, Freya would be the one you want to connect with. Okay, so it goes on to talk about she's the, who she's the daughter of, and she was loved by men, giants, and dwarves. She was a hot number. No, everyone wanted her. <laughs> and then there, the story goes that she slept with four dwarves. 
to acquire the the Brissine, Brissine necklace. So also another story I read that the, the, each dwarf represented a season. So it was also symbolic of her going through each season to obtain that that necklace with what it represents. So you know when we go through a season, we complete we complete a cycle, it, and that completion can be represented in many ways. You know, when, when we look back at our life in a year, it's like, well, what did we complete? And sometimes we can see like, oh, well, I bought a house this year. That could be your necklace, you know, whatever your season is. So anyway, um, I thought that was pretty interesting that she just, you know, took her sexuality into her own hands. And she's like, dwarf, men or giant, don't matter to me. Um, Freya traveled in a gold bristle or uh, in a chariot pulled by two cats. And sometimes she is <clears throat> uh, depicted as being naked, too, because she's really in tuned with her body and she's not ashamed. She is here. Okay, full force. All right. And that ends the list. So as a quick recap, we have Aphrodite, Cupid, Eros, which we know Cupid was once Eros, uh, Frigga, Hathor, Hera, Parvati, Venus, Vesta, Okay, moving right along. We have Ishtar, Inanna, Astarte, Hathor, Isis, Freya. There you go. So, I don't think I got into the, the intricate part. That's what it was. When working with these goddesses and gods, you can make it, you can make your rituals, your connection intricate by wearing comfortable clothes, the color of that goddess, that god, wherever they're associated with. Or since we're going the love route, you can wear red, pink. Um, If you think of love with the color, I don't know, purple. Maybe purple is your favorite color. And maybe you, you look sexy in purple. Go with purple, right? Make sure that you're setting the tone where you feel like this creates the love atmosphere. For example, when I see people's Instagram posts already for Valentine's Day or just like love in general, they have the flowers, they got the candles going, um, the background set, like that feels like love. It feels like a sacred love spot. Like I want to go there. Like this is great. So you could get flowers, orange, red, pink. You can you can also get maybe green because you might think, you know what, the heart chakra color is green. And I want to focus more on empathy, that form of love, understanding. Okay, you want to connect with the heart chakra and do that? Totally fine. If you want to do all pink, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get a rose quartz and I'm just going to have pink and white. You can do that. Remember, the the, the kicker is that there are no rules. <laughs> Almost, right? It's like you got to do the research to make sure you, you're connecting properly, at least. Um, 
then so you got the loose clothes or the comfortable clothes if you want to wear clothes you could do a sky clad right you could do a naked depends um so you could do that and remember we always want to appeal to the senses so get some flowers you know if you like the smell of certain flowers get that if you're allergic you don't like it and you can't find one of those flowers that that you're not allergic to Use your favorite perfume or lotion, uh, incense, candles, something that can change the smell. Get those little Glade plugins or whatever, or go to Bed Bath and Beyond. You know, I don't know. Maybe they have their semi-annual sale or something like that. Go buy their candles. You know, buy buy their plugins. Have your house smelling good, right? And then maybe you can bake a bread or a pie. Add some cinnamon in there. Okay, now you got the taste going, or you could just have a drink, maybe like iced tea or a glass of wine. Okay, uh, have the music playing in the background. Have a playlist. Have like a two-hour playlist. Okay, I'm not saying you had to be in that zone of that, you know, meditative and heightened energy for two hours. I'm just saying, so you won't have any interruptions. The one, the worst thing you want to happen is midway through your connection with the with the the gods or goddesses is that the music stops and you're just like oh wait what happened to the mood or you you didn't hit you know like repeat song and it goes to the next song and and the next song starts off loud and banging and clanging and boom you're like ah <laughs> not you're right out that meditative state so have a playlist set for at least all right at least an hour all right. But an hour could go by fast. That's why I said two. Actually, just make it two hours. An hour can go by fast. Especially when you're meditating. There's no time zone with that. So a playlist or set for two hours. If you don't know what to put on there, Google. Love playlists, Aphrodite playlists, go to Spotify. It's really not hard. Just Google a few keywords. Okay. Now Think about what you want to do because we got the clothes, we got the food, we got the drink, we got the mood set, you know, with the the whole background, the candles, the flowers, the the, um, music, dim the lights or have one of those things that the little light that changes the color is popular now. Um, You know, you got your little remote control, you can change the colors or whatever. And you got to figure out out what you want to do. Do you want to write like a letter, burn a letter? you know, safely in like a cauldron. I have a, a mini cauldron. I can write on a sheet of paper. I fold the paper and then I burn it in the cauldron. Do you want to do candle magic where you stare into the candle? Do you want like nothing besides the food and the drink and you just want to invite, you know, Aphrodite in the circle? Uh, what do you want to do while you're in the circle? Bring those materials with you in the circle. Okay. Pen, paper, okay, a cup of water. Whenever I am using fire, I make sure, just for safety purposes, I have some kind of liquid nearby, a bottle of water or something like that. So just in case the fire gets out of hand, I could douse it quickly. Okay, make sure you have your materials. You can Google love rituals, okay? And think about the type of love you want to address while you're there. Is it the... Like I said earlier, empathy, understanding, because you need more of that in your life. You haven't been 
understanding. You've been too hard on yourself and you're just like, you know what? I need that. And another goddess that's not mentioned here is Kuan Yin. She's a goddess also of empathy, that form of love. And I talk about her in my first book. I'm opening up the book now to read you what I uh, have here. Isis is in my first book. Actually, let me tell you a few symbols of the goddesses that are in my book. So Isis, okay, um, full moon, circular disc with horns, headdress, cobra, sparrowhawk, crab, and the, what's it called? The Ankh, A-N-K-H, uh, Freya, the northern lights, sword, spinning wheel, the, the, the day Friday. So you might want to do a ritual on a Friday. Cat, sparrow, horses, falcons. Kuan Yin, she is the Chinese goddess of compassion and fertility, also known as she who hears all prayers. And the story with her is that she was ascending. She heard someone cry. She turned around and decided to live on earth until she healed every cry. So she's really a Bata, Bata Vista, but she's also acknowledged as a goddess. So her symbols include white lotus, the number 33, willow, branches, rosary, and hand. Um, what was another goddess that was mentioned in there? Uh, I talked about Aphrodite already. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just looking at the other goddesses here to see. Let me see here. Okay, so Pele, the volcanic Hawaiian, Hawaiian goddess of fire, transformation, seduction, passion, and heart's true desire. Her symbols include fire, white dog, volcano. So if you want that hot passion, that volcanic eruption, <laughs> Pele, P-E-L-E. All right. So that was a quick side note. Um, so now now back to your, your more intricate r- ritual. <clears throat> Again, think about everything you want to bring into that circle. It's totally up to you. Um, I like to leave some things open-ended because, again, that, that's part of the journey. And that's what makes it exciting as opposed to me just telling you step by step by step by step. This is what you do. So I, I like to leave it a little bit open-ended for that. It's Again, it's exciting. And, and I don't like people telling me stuff anyway like that. Like, just give, give me an outline unless I really need to step by step. <laughs> Uh, what else? And then um, <clears throat> when you wrap everything up, you know, make sure you clean it, clean everything up properly. You say thank you. You know, you show your your gratitude and, and you let it go. And that's probably the hardest part is when you work with these deities, when you ask them for their assistance, you got to just let them do their thing. For example, when I started working more on money mindset and I, oh, actually, less, even before that, when I started working on um spells where I worked more on you know like uh, getting myself ready for love and stuff like that I had to let that go which I did and what happened was my friend messaged me and that she had um this of course she was starting to find Mr. Right and then um something else happened I gotta write more of this stuff down and that's one of my things too so many things happen I forget to write them down it'll come to me but there were things that were happening to prepare me for, you know, the love of my life. Um, so we got to be open-ended to how these things show up because I am not the same woman I was. And when did I do that spell? September. 
I'm not the same woman I was a, a month ago, three months ago, eight months ago, a year ago. So certain things had to happen and I'm glad it did. So there was a series of events where people, some people are already in my life, but they just, you know, contacted me about something else. And I thought that was cool. So when you do these spells, these rituals, this connection, don't get so caught up in the, where's my guy? Where's my woman? Where's, you know, uh, what's going on? And nothing happened. It might be, you got to do some healing first. You got to do some work first. And then that person's coming. Okay. Probably, you probably just got to do a little work. We all got work that we need to do. And that's probably it. So, Pay attention. When someone says something, pay attention. When someone invites you to something, pay attention to that. You know, do a little internal check-in and see how that feels. Like, oh, you know what? That's odd that they mentioned that because I was connected with Hathor and now this. That's interesting. Or I saw this on TV or something. Okay, so just be open. You never know how it's going to come through. I know sometimes we get visions and we hear things and we see things, but sometimes have things happen that exceed our expectations. And it was interesting because with my friend, she suggested to write no more than 15 things, things of what you want in your lover, but really to write about 12 things and then allow like the three things for the universe to fill in, to surprise you. And it's interesting because before that I had a whole page because what have we we been told? Be specific as possible, right? And my friend said, well, yeah, that's great. But, you know, we, we got to narrow it down. And, you know, she went on to explain why and stuff like that. So I had to provide my definitions to certain things. And I saw some of the overlaps. And that's another reason why. I stress to start creating your own definition of things, okay? I've been noticing this for several years now, right? How do you define success? It's no longer what's stated in the Webster's Dictionary. How do you define success? Because your success is different than that person's success, than that person's success, than that person's success. What's wealth look like to you? What does it mean to be wealthy? What does it mean to be loved and appreciated? What does that look like to you? That's what we got to think about. All right. That's what we got to think about. So I hope that was helpful for you. My example, the simple one, like I said earlier, and the more detailed one, you can even make a spell for, for several days. Like I did a three-day spell. Okay. Again, as as you want it. I will say ways to increase the potency of your connection and your spell is to shower beforehand. You know, you want to rinse off the day. If you are doing this in the morning, you just want to rinse off the day before. You just want to make sure you're entering this clean. It's like a date, right? You want to take a shower. You want to smell good. You want to look good. You want to be comfortable. I'm not saying you got to put on you know, make up and do your hair, right? Unless you want to, unless that's the vibe you're getting. If you're getting the notion to get sexy, wear lingerie while you're doing this ritual, do it. 
right? I suggested comfortable clothes because that's really what you want when you're doing it. You want to be comfortable. But hey, look, you might think I'm going to wear this lingerie and I'm I'm going to, you know, do this candle magic or whatever you want to do. That's fine. Okay, but I noticed that when you cleanse yourself beforehand, I'm not saying you have to fast. You can if you want to. But the main thing is to make sure that you go into this clean and you took some deep breaths so you can release your mind from what's bothering you throughout the day. So if you had a call at your job and it, and you, you didn't like it, you got to shake that off a little bit. So let that wash down the drain as you're showering. Or maybe your kid got on your nerves. And you're like, oh, my God, this kid, he's just like his dad. <laughs> wash that away in the shower so you can go into this circle and to this connection with a clean slate of sorts so you can focus on you not that stupid email not that stupid co-worker not your kid who's being annoying right now not the dog who just pooped on the carpet not your nosy ass neighbor you know just you <laughs> this is all about you all right, so that's what I have for you. I'm sending you so many blessings. I am rooting for you as always. Remember to be kind to yourself. I have so many good things for you in the pipeline. I wish I can tell you them all right, right now, but I can't. I have to wait. It's coming. But yes, yeah, stay tuned for more love episodes, love, sex, and everything in between. Almost this month. Um, again, I, I even want to tell you the, the episodes ahead of time, but I can't. That's going to ruin the fun. Oh my gosh. I'm just looking at my calendar for the month. All right. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. I got my hands over my heart. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. And I will talk to you soon. The next episode will be, um, I hope fun like like the other ones, or at least entertaining, educational. My stories are in there. <laughs> All right. Remember to be kind to yourself. And like I said, I truly appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you in the next episode. As always, Spiritual Trailblazer, thank you for tuning in. Do make sure to stop by and visit me at tiamariejohnson.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Last but not least, be kind to yourself. I'm rooting for you and I'm sending you so many blessings. Until next time.